the biggest poison in us is regret. It's poison. And I push so hard, so hard, and will, through my vehicle, which isn't meditation, which isn't health and wellness, which isn't nonprofit, my vehicle's business. I can't help it. It's what I love. I love building businesses. I love competing with you. I want to beat you. I love that game. But through that vehicle, I will always push a lack of regret and awareness to how good it really is. You're more than welcome to tell me about how bad it is or why you can't because or what, but it's just not true. Because if anybody ever did it, then you can too. Stop making excuses. Stop complaining. Nobody's listening. They may make pretend they're listening. The market doesn't care. What you need to do is make one person happy, you. Then you can make everybody else happy. You know why I like making people happy? Because I'm already happy. And so I implore you to take this last little rant and really look at your fucking face and understand are you doing the things that are putting you in a position to succeed, not just in a business world but in life because it's super important because boy, when you're happy in life, your fucking business can roll. And so I'm just trying to figure it out and I've been trying to figure it out in front of you for the last seven, eight years, trying to figure out the unlocks, EQ, IQ, self-awareness, hustle. I don't know what they are, you know why? Because like I told my man, it's 330 different unlocks. And so I'll go to all of them, they're all tried and true, and one might hit you, yeah it was hard work because I'm actually lazy. I talk a good game but I'm full of shit. Or it might be something else, but fuck, one. And so, You decided to sit? You're into this, right? It's good, right? This is some good shit. You gonna remember this? Good. One fucking life. One life, my friends, one time. And honestly, I'll leave you with this because a lot of you need it. How you make your money is more important than how much you make. Welcome back to episode 82 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. What you just heard was a short clip from Gary V. Gary V is a motivational speaker, social media guru, and all-around entrepreneur business genius, Gary V, and I believe it's Gary Vanderchuk. He's from Belarus. He immigrated here when he was a child. And he really made a big name for himself. He's, he's a business genius, so we're going to get into it. Yesterday, I went online and I just started looking at some different video clips on YouTube. And I came across a couple of videos. I'm not going to mention any names, but it's a quote-unquote entrepreneur that's selling some kind of classes. And I started viewing the video and one of them really grabbed me. Yeah. The guy came out and started speaking about you know, the process to be successful and how to achieve goals and you know there were 12 points and like his first point was really good second point rock solid and then on the third point he kind of started drifting off into like his Lamborghinis and his big house and I sent something amiss something astray in that initially he had my attention and I was really getting some nuggets of knowledge and learning from this guy and then he shifted hard left talking about his Lamborghinis again and his house and everything and it just 
you know, I started doing research on the guy, and basically he's selling, he's singing a song, he's selling a pipe dream, you know. He's a guy that's out there that um, just wants to capitalize on people that are, I don't want to say weak-minded, but people that, you know, are easily led astray because they don't have as much experience. And if you sing them a song and sell them a dream, you know, they're going to log on and put their, whatever, $200 for your course. So kind of caught my attention and kind of got me upset in that, you know, if, if uh, I weren't paying attention or if I had less experience, I may have, you know, purchased this from him. And that's how the guy gets rich, by, by misleading people. I have to be honest. Now, there's a double-edged sword to this. With some of these people, as you listen to them, they're going to have to give you some real good nuggets of knowledge and some real teachings and disciplines and things that are really going to be- benefit you, some strategic tactics. They have to, to pull you in and to attract you into their, into their scheme. So, yes, you know, as you listen to these people on YouTube, some of them that are selling this dream or, you know, hyping up all of this entrepreneurship, give it a listen because actually it's a very good practice. First of all, you'll learn some sales speak, some buzzwords. Uh, you'll learn really how to sell because these guys are very skilled at what they do and their this speaking, persuasive speaking skills are really, really high level. So you'll learn some from them. But understand that you have to be very careful because what you want to do is take the nuggets that that are going to benefit you from listening to them out, select out the nuggets, save them, and then trash the rest of it because it's a scheme. Now, take the nuggets out, but, you know, the scheme part as they speak, you can actually, again, learn from listening to them because these guys are very slick and polished and they really know what they're doing. Again, I'm not mentioning any names, but, you know, it's the guy taking the selfie in the Lamborghini with the big house and, you know, travels everywhere and I made $50 million yesterday. I made $50 million in a second, you know, all that kind of bullshit. As I continued my search... On YouTube, I saw on, you know, the side windows, I saw this guy, uh, Gary V or Gary Vanderchuk. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. So I'm, I said, let me check this guy out and see what he has. And I'm listening, and I'm kind of anticipating that he's going to be doing the same thing. You know, really selling a dream and bullshitting. You know, trying to sell his project or his plan or his course. And I'm getting the nuggets, and I'm getting the nuggets from him, and I'm getting the knowledge, and I'm... A lot of the stuff I already know, but, you know, I'm getting some nuggets I didn't know. So he's really good at social media, this guy. And I'm listening, and guess what? It was re- it was really, really a good listen. So I started digging deeper into this Gary V guy. But I have to say, man, the guy, the guy's rock solid, and I highly, highly recommend you giving him a good listen. Gary V. Again, he's from Belarus. Came here, emigrated here as a child. I guess made his name in wine. His dad worked 80 hours a week in a liquor store. And somehow that transi- transitioned into wines, and uh, he took the business, I think, from a like a three hundred thousand dollar business to like a five hundred million dollar business. My numbers might be off, but the guy's a business genius, and he's really cutting edge, and he's on top of the technology. So in this episode, we're gonna get into some Gary V, and also some strategies that I, you know, have employed in my own life, and things that. That have helped me, you know, to, I'm not that I'm you know, rich, famous dude, but I mean, I, you know, I live my life the way that should be lived. And you can't gauge the success of your life by money. You, you need to gauge it by the fulfillment that you have 
within the self and realizing how you are. There's some people that are so rich and so depressed that they commit suicide. They're unfulfilled. You know, a lot of it was just handed to them, so they just are a hollow shell of a human being because they have no meaning in their life. They have no purpose. They have no individual achievement, no self-realization. And that's one thing that I always strive for, not so much money, but, you know, really understanding the self and being truly fulfilled from within. So it's almost like that whole thing where, you know, I can go down the street and buy a piece of cheesecake and really, you know, what a good piece of cheesecake was so great. But how much better is it if I bring it home and enjoy it with my wife so we can share this cheesecake, almost experiencing it together, you know, which really makes it a good experience. Again, in this episode, it's going to have some different clips and some really tips on selling and a few disciplines that are really important and basically what it is is there's four of them one is salesmanship true salesmanship the other one is pattern recognition the other one is reverse engineering and the fourth one is learning how to learn which i call alchemy because if you learn how to learn the world is your oyster and you have infinite potential you can pretty pretty much teach yourself anything so this is going to be a really interesting episode now there's a new thing i just a new skill that i just learned how to learn and that's video editing i found this free video editing program on the internet i think it's called VideoPad, freebie really really good easy to use intuitive if you know how to use audacity it's real similar there's a little learning curve it takes you a couple hours to get it but I was able to teach myself some crude, basic video editing. So what I'm doing now is uh, doing these episodes in a podcast format, but also in a YouTube format. So in essence, what it's going to be, it's not really me sitting at a microphone speaking. It's not that. It's me synchronizing some video clips of whatever the topic that I'm discussing is. So if I'm bored or somebody shining shoes or somebody with their hustle on, like really kind of motivational and synchronized with what I'm speaking about so it's going to give it that extra visual dimension I already have a couple that I uploaded on there with David Goggins I did one it's up on YouTube it's doing pretty good I did did one on Bill Burr and him ranting about the financial system and the ancient Sumerians and their contributions to civilization how they're the cradle of civilization so uh, it looks like I'm kind of getting better at this video editing as I, I go along. I'm, you know, so yeah. Hopefully that's going to enhance, enhance the podcast, the show, and I can get my YouTube channel kind of bubbling because I put a few videos up there and they weren't getting very many listens. But when I added the video element to it, it looks like they're getting some, getting some attention. So again, learning how to learn can really benefit you. So I'm going to open up with something that I call my skills toolbox. You know, I did a podcast on the your metaphysical toolbox, but this is basically your skills toolbox. And what that's comprised of is everything basically that you have that's going to contribute to you moving forward as an individual person, as a as a parent, as a husband, as a father, as a businessman, as a provider. These skills these are skills that you're definitely going to need. So I'm going to kind of digress back and kind of review them the ones that I just brought up and what it is basically is breaking down and define how this chess game of life is played and how the pieces are moved on the board I use that as a metaphor but it's really really true because you just cannot blindly make moves without having an understanding of what the other pieces are doing 
and what's transpiring as far as patterns that are emerging around you, the timing that's taking place around you. So there's a lot to this. So I'm going to start breaking this down. So today I'm going to talk about the four things that you need to add to your toolbox, your skills toolbox. And as I just said, the first one is going to be salesmanship. And when I say salesmanship, I mean true salesmanship. Not that used car scam trickster telling half-truths, telling half-lies type salesmanship. But real, real salesmanship. And the first rule of salesmanship is to learn your product, your service, or the skill that you're you're providing from front to back. Hey, guy in the middle. Yeah. Look at your shoes. You could do better than that. But anyway, that, that's the scoop. I mean, it, it's a truth. We will you just got to knock down the brick wall. Most people. The 360 Sir? State Street is. What are you waiting for? An invitation? It's in the public view for any developer. Don, D O N, just plain old Don. No Trump, no King. If she can have one name, so can I. So no matter what the mayor says. And I shine shoes. He can't guarantee it. For the Jackson. He could, he could push along a lot. I love doing the shoes. I love the interaction. Honey, the boots need. I'm here for you. Come see me. Hey, beautiful. The hair looks nice. The lipstick is working. But you know where I'm going, right? Those boots need love. I'm here for you. Consider it. You can tell a man that really cares about his personal appearance. You can tell a lot about a person, right? I can tell if he's cheap, selfish, inconsiderate, don't give a damn. You could tell if he got some money. You could tell if he's pretending to have money. <laughs> All that is a three second read. I could pick that up just like that. Come on. The shoes. Come on, Kenneth Cole. Three minutes. Yeah, you sit. That was an easy sell. Put your feet up. I mean, I had you. <laughs> and you work out outside all year round? Show goes on. So you dead a winner, you're out here in this spot. Nine degrees, 90 degrees. This spot. Right here. Just, I look down, I've been thinking about it. It was perfect timing. If my shoes were ugly, it just all came together. I want to teach you how to sell so good, people will literally pull out their wallets and say, take my money. But before I give that method to you, you must make one promise to me that you will only use this method for good. I will not manipulate. If you can't promise that, aka you're a sociopath, do not watch this video. I'm willing to bet at some point in your life you've had to sell something. Maybe this is a physical product. Maybe it's yourself during a job interview. Maybe it's persuasive speaking and you're selling your ideas. What would it look like if you had a formula, sort of a master key in your back pocket that you could pull out, put in the lock, and it would work every time? I wanna teach you that simple four-part formula in this video that's gonna work next time you have a sales pitch, an interview. In fact, what you've been watching for the past minute or so has been that very formula that I'm gonna teach you. If you're still watching and I have your attention, proves it works. Last thing, credit where credit is due. This is a concept I picked up from Mike Del Ponte on the Social Triggers podcast. All right, now let's jump into these four Ps on how to convince anyone how to buy 
what you sell. The first one is promise. You know, advertisers who spend millions of dollars on a simple 60 second commercial say that if they can't hook someone within that first five seconds, they might as well have not even filmed the next 55. Movies, the opening scene directors stress about for months on end getting right because they know that sets the tone for everything else they're about to do. Well, with you, whatever you're selling, again, job interview, physical product, ideas, set the tone with that first one sentence. This is called the promise. It's a short, punchy little one-liner. My example in this video. Today I'm gonna teach you how to sell something so good people will pull out their wallets and say, take my money. That sets the tone for what's about to come. You know it's about selling. You know what this video is about. Once you do that, you move into the next P. The next P is the picture. Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs, he told a great story on the Tim Ferriss podcast on how he got into television. He went on a bet with his friend to an audition to sell for QVC. You know, the late night infomercials where they're trying to get you to buy jewelry that no one needs and no one would actually wear. He was that guy selling at two or three in the morning. So he walks into this job interview again on a bet. His friend said, if you do it, I'll do it. And they didn't ask him about his background, experience. They just held up a pen and said, sell this to me. What Mike Rowe did in that moment got him the job. He didn't talk about the pen and say, well, it's got a fine ball tip to it. Um, it doesn't smudge when you write. He went after the emotions. He said, I want you to imagine you just closed a business deal. Everything went as planned. It took you two months. You're ready to sign. You reach into your pocket and you pull out a ball tip pen that's chewed on and cost you four cents. What impression does that leave on the person? What does that say about who you are? What does that convey about your future business deal? Now I want you to picture the other hand, you have this pen that's perfectly designed, German engineered, writes like a feather, and you give that to them to seal the deal. See what Mike did that got him the job on QVC, he didn't go after the features of the pen. He went after the emotional side. He put the picture in their mind of using that pen, and that's how it sold them, leading him to get the job on QVC. You might be asking, Clark, isn't selling logical? Wouldn't you want to convince someone on the reasons they should buy your deal? It's a better deal than the competitors? No. You don't want to do that. We actually buy with our emotions, human beings, and then we justify with logic. So if you really want to convince someone, go after the emotional side of them. My example in this video, I said, look, if you're watching this video, I'm willing to bet you've had to fill in the blank, a job interview, sell something in person, convince people of your ideas. Okay, so you see I'm planning the picture in your mind of a time where you had to actually sell something to relate to your emotional side to make you watch this more. The next P is proof. I heard a great story. I think it's Andrew Stone from Pixar was giving in his TED talk. He said he had a graphics arts teacher early on in his college career. The first day of class, he storms in, he writes on the board, apple, and then he draws a picture of an apple. He says, this is the number one rule of graphic design. Don't do this. And he had the two sitting there. And then he took a piece of paper and he covered the apple. He said, do this, but don't do this both together. In other words, he said, look, show me, don't tell me. The proof, you know, we can get up and talk about how great our company is or how great we are as entrepreneurs or how great we are in a job interview. 
We can tell all we want, but people really want the specific examples, the stories, the emotional side, again, of times where you've made that happen. Show them, don't tell them. The last P in this, this is your pitch. Now, this is where a majority of people who get that mindset that, okay, I'm going to sell something, they focus 90% of their time on this component, and they miss those first three. What's the problem? If you don't master those first three right there, this doesn't even matter. In other words, if you have a video where you lose people in that first five seconds, like the TV commercials we spoke about, why even film the next 55? Let's just say you did all those, you get to this one, the pitch. What do you do? I'm not gonna spend time here going over the seven psychological triggers of why we buy, you know, with scarcity, social proof, credibility, all those things that we generally hear about when we're selling something. You can research those and you probably know a lot of them already. What I wanna say here is just my biggest tip. There's the Notorious Jam study where they have jams in supermarkets and they presented people with 34 jams. What they noticed is that more people stopped, but less people buyed. And that when they only had a setup display of four to eight jams, the conversions went through the roof. In other words, when we're overwhelmed with the decisions, we don't do anything. What I found most effective is a single call to action. When you do a pitch, don't give them 20 things to act on. Don't give them five things to act on. Give them one thing you want them to do at the end of your video, at the end of your article, in your social media post. Have one call to action, maybe two, that's pushing it, that you want them to do at the end of whatever you're selling, and that's a better way to convert people. So here's my pitch to you, all right? If you like this video, if you learned one thing that's new, go down below and hit that thumbs up button. If you hit the thumbs up button, share this video with anyone who you think could benefit. That's the only call to action I want. Just share this video with someone you've either know is in sales or that you've talked to about persuasion or sales with. Until next time, thank you so much for watching this video. I'm Clark, stop settling. The next thing we're gonna get into is a pattern recognition, which Gary Vee, you know, he was getting into that. I was listening to him talk about pattern recognition, which is really, really uh, important because as I say, it's patterns, it's timing, and you know, you really, it's a delicate balance between the two and you have to be able to synchronize those two things. So in the pattern recognition part of it, you know, you have to learn how to read people and, and their patterns, you know, as they interact, not just uh, verbally, but their posture and their nonverbal communication and learning how to really break down, you know, how the interact interaction is going. You know, learning to assimilate the things that they tell you learning to assimilate the data that's in front of you and integrate that with the timing and the patterns the trends that are before you and there's a really interesting observation that i made years ago is that whenever i see a whole group of people stampeding in one direction that's the time when you have to integrate your timing and your patterns because when you see the whole stampede of people running in one direction get out your skills toolbox and figure out how you could take advantage of it and run in the other direction because just the way nature is when you s just see that pattern of just everybody whole hog just running to the left get out your toolbox and start figuring out how you're going to be able to benefit from that by running to the right because it's, I, I can't explain it to you it's just basically the way it is and a good metaphor a good example of that is bitcoin 
uh, it was on fire. I think it was last year or like less than two years ago. It was just on fire, and everybody Bitcoin got up to twenty. Last year got up to twenty thousand dollars, and you know people are like, "Oh, I got to get this Bitcoin." I'm like, "Hell no! This it's a bubble, it's a scam. There's something going on." I'm not saying that the blockchain is a scam or that Bitcoin is no good. It all has value, but whenever you see something pumped up that fast and you see everybody running in that direction, run the other way. Bitcoin, oof. It was a real tricky one, but it's it's a good metaphor. It's a good example for you know running the other way. Again, it's kind of hard to explain, and it's kind of a Taoist thing. You, ha- you really need to get into the Tao, man. It gives you a lot of real tangible skills and like unspoken, unwritten things with patterns and timing and nature and the way that life is really played out. As I said, that chess game. So the next thing is going to be the reverse engineering, which is kind of a, of an obscure, abstract unorthodox uh, topic but basically in reverse engineering I have the saying that you know there's no need to reinvent the wheel because the wheel was already invented so if you're looking to set up some kind of business or some venture or something like even build a shed or whatever you don't have to go to the drawing board and design a nail you know or design a two by four look at a shed that was already built look at a store a bodega whatever it is that you want to do and look at the mechanics of how it's put together in a physical space, in a financial space, from an accounting space, from an integration with the public space. Take a look at it and break it apart into its smallest components and then rebuild it, reconstruct it, okay? And you do this all in your head, you know? You you, you look at the nuts and bolts of what it is that you're trying to do and, and just deconstruct it and break it apart to its electronic elements, to its hydraulic elements, to its software, hardware, sales, location, like all of these different elements that comprise. Because you might have one, you might have a business that sells clothing and shoes and sneakers and the same exact, and it's making millions, it's booming, and you have the same exact store with the same product line, with the same employees, with the same everything, and it goes under in in three months. And the difference is going to be the location. It might be, one store might be on a really good location, and the other one at a shit location. So again, you need to be able to reverse engineer these things and break it down into its smallest components and elements so that you can have a clear understanding exactly how to proceed in your plans and what you want to do. That reverse engineering, really, really, you need to have that in your toolbox. The next tool that you need in your toolbox is the ability to learn how to learn, which I call true real alchemy. And if you don't know the definition of alchemy, it's taking a base material and making it into a precious material like, you know, lead into gold or coal into a diamond. So if you look at a lump of coal and you take it and you subject it to heat, pressure, and time, eventually it's going to become a diamond right from that lump of coal, that carbon, it's going to become a diamond and that holds true for ourselves too if you take an individual person and that person works hard and perseveres and does integrates the right type of thinking the right speech the right action in his life and listens to the right people influencing him and does the right research he's going to turn himself into the inner self into that uh prototypical diamond of a person you know he's going to reach his full potential which is really really after all what we want to do it's not so much a money game thing but it's discovering and realizing the self so again getting into learning how to learn you should be able to 
go into any subject matter and not know anything about it and be able to learn the basic nuts and bolts components of whatever that subject matter is. You should be able to learn the basic building blocks of that subject matter. So again, if it's, you know, building a house or a shed or developing, you know, whatever thing that you're trying to develop, you need to have an understanding or teach yourself the basic fundamentals, the building blocks of that so that you can start off in the right path and have the it be able to integrate all of the information that you need to get this task done and as a very interesting side note the more you learn how to learn and the better you get at teaching yourself the better and the more fulfilling and interesting life becomes you know when you really learn how to learn the world is your oyster and life becomes full of opportunity and infinite potential and the other thing is you need to be constantly constantly developing new skills that you can put in your skills toolbox. So back to these uh, training classes and these entrepreneur courses that people want to charge you for. Again, they might have some good information. However, you really don't need to. These days with the internet and YouTube and social media, you don't need to pay money for these skills. You just have to learn how to execute these searches and find them on your own. You know, you can learn, you know, you need to learn SEO, which is search engine optimization. You need to learn about meta tags and just certain little things that you need to learn that are really going to propel you and the learning curve that you're on to really benefit you. And the thing is now the economy is really bad. And a lot of these entrepreneur guys, they talk about, you know, selling sneakers or whatever, whatever it is that they're trying to sell. But people are broke ass these days. Most people don't really have money. They're in debt. So how easy is it going to be for me to get rich and buy all of this shit, you know, by selling widgets or whatever? It's really, really tough and it's really competitive. And as you know, most of you can go on these Chinese websites and get them, you know, for pennies on the dollar. So you really need to be working on yourself and your own skills as opposed to and, and learning them for free as opposed to buying into somebody's bullshit course. Again, there might be some legitimate ones, but got to be real careful. It's all about ROI, return on investment, and point of diminishing returns. And I got into that a few podcasts back. You have to learn how to separate the real from the illusion. What, And it's not just these guys, but just in life in general. You know, the real, what's real, and what's illusionary. And what's real is like a sunset, you know, a game of full-court basketball, a good conversation with a friend, learning a new skill. That's real. What's illusionary is, you know, these Kanye West... Uh, $500 sneakers, what's illusionary are these, you know, $800 Gucci belts that you can't even afford, which are probably fake, anyway, what's illusionary is just what, th- th- the dream that they're trying to sell you, how you need to have this, you know, Ferrari car, and if not, you're not complete as a person, what's illusionary is the bullshit that, you know, they're selling you on that television screen, or that Hot 97 radio station you're listening to. Again, you got to be real, real careful to be able to determine what what's real from illusionary and what's real is the self and the fulfillment that you get from within the self. The alchemy of the self is what's real. And just a little bit about me and, and my uh, humble beginnings. I grew up in downtown Brooklyn in the ghetto in an eight-apartment eight tenement flat, again, on welfare. And at that time, there was no EDB cards or those debit cards literally you had a letter from the government and you would go down uh, to these military trucks army guys 
and they would give you the two cans of chicken and, you know, the proverbial five pounds of cheese, you know, with the letter and then cross it out as they did it. That's some old school shit. But anyway, we had no heat, no hot water, and we used to sleep with our winter snorkel jackets, our winter snorkel jackets on. And I remember a couple of times that the toilet bowl actually froze and cracked because there was no heat and the water just froze up. And even the water pipes freezing up where, you know, just so how cold it was and people rapping on the radiators for heat. Some some ghetto shit. In an eight apartment tenement, two of which were occupied by drug dealers uh, on welfare. My dad died when I was six years old and my mother wasn't able to work and for the most part I had to take care of her. Uh, it, where I grew up, basically, people either were dealing drugs, breaking into people's houses, or conducting some type of illicit, uh, illegal activities just to make money and to make ends meet. It's just the way it was. A lot of fighting, a lot of drugs, drinking, a lot of violence when I, when I grew up in downtown Brooklyn. Right by the Barclays Center, where it is right now. It's my old area. Flatbush and Atlantic. And what I did was I basically played basketball you know, all day on the weekends and everything like that because, you know, it was a, at that time, and it still is, it's a respect thing, you know. Some people would just stay home with the blanket over their head and just fearful and afraid to even just step outside. And I can't live that way, so I would just go out and play ball. You know, you get your little respect, you make your friends, and, and that's how it was, you know. So I did that, and I heard about this agency when I was, I guess, 18, 17, 18 years old. It was called New Dimensions in Manhattan. And this uh, was a temporary staffing agency. I had no idea what that was. So I ended up, a friend of mine referred me to this agency. As a matter of fact, it was a friend that I brought up before. His name was Tony. The guy was from Nice, France. Really smart dude. He referred me to this agency. I went and I got some really cool jobs. I got a job working in Merrill Lynch, you know, stocking paper and Goldman Sachs and some really cool companies. I, I ended up at a magazine public, trade magazine publishing company. Uh, didn't, I'll leave the name out, but I worked for them, and I was in the mailroom, uh, and I was sorting mail. And after I was there about a year, right around 1985, you know, the first desktop computers, PCs, came out. And I noticed that a guy on our floor ended up having one of these des desktop computers, and he was d generating labels for mailings and targeted mailings and such, just different things. He was using a program called D-Base 2 by Ashton Tate. So I would deliver this guy's name was Dave. I would deliver him his mail, and I says, like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you know, this guy. And he was kind of, you know, brash and, like, kind of bragging, like, yeah, you know. And, I, you know, I fed right into that because as he's bragging, I'm learning, you know, building up my toolbox. So he got into this D-Base and how powerful it is and how he's able to do sorts and queries and print reports, and it was crazy. So I found this magazine booklet thing that's called the computer shopper you techie guys know what i'm talking about a big thick looks like a phone but computer shop it was like two dollars and it was basically like a cheap newspaper type paper but it was like a mag cheap magazine but i opened it up and i saw all of these computers on sale exactly the same pc that he had except it was a clone a generic clone you know ibm computer with the intel processor and they were like, I think 1200 bucks or 1400 bucks. So I ended up saving up my money, saving up my money, and I ended up buying one. And the guy threw in that D-Base program that the guy Dave was using in my office. So in addition to that, I bought a couple of computer programming books 
I think they were put out by this company called Q. And I, I remember a few nights I would was up all night, literally without sleeping, and my wife would be like, "Honey, I got married at 24. I got married very young." My wife, "Honey, are you gonna go to sleep? You know, no, no. I'm, you know, I'm getting, you know, getting good at this coding. I'm getting breakthrough after breakthrough." I'm learning, you know, this was DOS-based stuff. This isn't even SQL. This is all DOS-based, what they called command line, dot, dot, dot command, line, dot command, whatever it is, you know, and dot prompt, dot prompt commands, where you type in locate for first name equal to, end city equal to, less than, whatever. So I'm teaching myself this coding stuff. And a couple of months into it, I'm at work, I'm in the mailroom, and Dave didn't come in, and everybody's looking for Dave. Where's Dave? Where's Dave? We need to get this targeted mailing out to Chicago. We got to get it done right now. We got to get it to the post office. Dave's nowhere to be found. Somebody comes into the mailroom saying, hey, did you see Dave? And I'm like, no, but I heard you guys need some kind of labels. What do you need? So the person kind of laughed at me and says, what do you mean? I says, no, I can do the labels for you. And they're laughing really, you know, like, like laughed at me, literally laughed at me. And I heard somebody in the back say, you know what, give him a shot because we need the labels. Maybe he knows, who knows. So I, I sat at Dave's computer at the keyboard and I typed in that dot prompt command. That's what it's called, dot prompt command. And I typed in, you know, locate for city equal to Chicago and vendor number equal to whatever. And one sheet of paper came out blank and they laughed at me. Every, about six people standing at the door. And they're laughing. So I says, okay, I got this. So I sat back down, and I think I forgot a, a comma, you know, around the city or something. So I typed it in again, you know, locate for city equal to Chicago and vendor number equal to whatever. Hit enter. It's like 40 sheets of labels came out. And, you know, they all looked at each other surprised. I got up and went back into the mailroom. And, uh, you know, I've, I did that, that moment, you know, really was a catalyst, really changed changed my life because I saw that I had the ability to really do some technical stuff. You know, I realized that, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. Needless to say, I wasn't in that mirror much longer. You know, I started getting into the computer uh, industry a little bit more and slowly made my, you know, ascension, you know, into like, you know, a decent position, decent job. And, uh, you know, it just really, really changed my whole life. So, you know, I, and I, I want to thank Bill Gates for that much. And really what I'd like to say is what I'm seeing all over really is on social media and on television or whatever, wherever you look, uh, people are just so material these days. They're just looking to validate themselves with material possessions, with money, with, you know, their income, with, and a lot of it is bullshit. They're just lying through their teeth with a lifestyle that, you know, they would like to live, the life that lifestyle that they see their heroes on TV living, they want to emulate that and put forth that that's how they are living. And it's all bullshit. Again, you know, you have to look for what is real in life and separate what is real from what is illusionary. So, yeah, that, that's that's where it's at. That's what's up.